following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey. With six offices throughout the state for your convenience, our newest office is in Bedminster, New Jersey at 2345 Lamington Road, and that's in Bedminster, New Jersey. Always visit our website at ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com for all your educational information and any information on the group and upcoming events and the new centers in our group. Our newest center is our Spine Center, um, which is located at our main office. And the Spine Center basically would see anyone with any back issue, even the onset of new back pain. You can now come to the neurosurgeon uh, for him to evaluate you, and he would refer you, if need be, to physical therapy or pain management. Again, um, surgery is always the last option at ANS. To reach us again at ANS, it's 973 285 7800. And I want everyone to remember going to my website, which is AnswersLiveNJ.com. Again, that's AnswersLiveNJ.com to listen to any of the previous shows over the past year and a half. Um, that's a good resource for anyone having questions on a variety of topics. You can also reach me there, send me um, questions or suggestions for new shows. I'm sure to get them on the air. Just like today with my special guest today is from Kessler Rehab. She is a specialist in orthopedic sports medicine. It's Dr. Beth Troutman Arsentales. Good morning, Beth. How are you? Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, quick, for everyone listening to you, um, I, this is your time to gloat. Let everyone know a little bit about your educational background and who you are. Yeah, of course. So I graduated from Seton Hall University with my doctorate four years ago. Uh, I now have transferred over to Kessler's where I started my first job and have been there since. Kessler Institute uh, has been ranked number two rehab hospital in the nation and is number one on the East Coast as reported by U.S. News and Report Today. So um, we also have about 85 outpatient clinics in and around New Jersey and we have three main rehab hospitals. So I work at the rehab hospital in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Um, I also have just completed my orthopedic residency. So that program is now offered at Kessler. So so I am a residency trained orthopedic kind of specialist uh, who specializes in sports injuries and prevention and all kinds of sports medicine. Well, congratulations oh, on you. all that. I guess I have the right guest for this topic <laughs> today. Um, yes, Kessler, we use an awful lot um, at Atlantic Neurosurgical mm -hmm. Specialists, and that's great to know they're number one on the East Coast, so you're matching up with the number one uh, neurosurgery group <laughs> in the great. state. Um, but again, welcome this morning. Um, I guess with summer coming, I thought something that would be good to discuss is common sports injuries um, and prevention. So now that uh, summer is here, people start getting out, um, 
doing a lot of different types of sports. You have your weekend warriors. You have all these new things that people start running around and, and these marine-based things where people try to jump over stuff, and I've done it once and never <laughs> again. Um, but there's a lot of injuries that happen because people get excited and forget to stretch, and I'm, I want to discuss all that. But really, what are the most common injuries that you would see with someone who starts these exercise programs and, and start doing these crazy things? Right. Like you're saying, I mean, not only you have all those that you mentioned, you know, your golfers, those doing yoga, and your do-it-yourselfers, uh, do even around the house who are doing the stuff on the weekend, construction and everything. So a lot of common injuries we see are back strains, back pain, um, quad, hamstring, muscle pulls, swollen knees, injured knees. Uh, we have Achilles tendon injuries, which is down at the heel and the ankle, you know, bottom of your feet, plantar fasciitis, and also hopefully not, though, fractures and dislocations of different bones and joints. Right. Um, a huge list that we went through. Um, when you have an injury, what is, and, and I'm saying this actually from personal things, mm -hmm. um, my daughter is with me in the station today, <laughs> so she could attest to that. Um, I, I have injuries every time I do something, if it's at the gym or outside. What, do you, what should you do? Should you stop immediately? Should you ice? Should you rest or uh, push through it like I do a lot or I go in and take a leave? What is the best thing to do initially when you sustain an injury? Right, exactly. Like you're saying, you really should never try to push through or work through those injuries because you really could cause more harm. And, you know, you really should stop playing, stop exercising at that point. And then if you do have any of these following symptoms, you should call a medical professional. So those symptoms would be Injury that causes severe pain, swelling, or numbness. Um, you can't put any weight on that area. An old injury begins to hurt, ache, or swell up again. And that the joint doesn't feel normal. It feels kind of unstable. So those are something that you'd really want to call a professional, a medical professional, kind of seek more attention. But otherwise, if you don't have any of those type of symptoms, then, you know, if you've heard of the RICE, do you, have you heard of that? You know what that's, do you know what that stands for? Yeah, let's explain it to our right. listeners. I did hear of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So RICE is, stands for rest, ice, compression, and elevation. So you want to rest and re relieve the pain through that joint. Um, take the weight off the injured area. So, for example, you could take, um, use a cane if it's your foot or your ankle or your knee. Use a cane, use a crutch, something to take the pressure off. Now, do you know what um, side you would use the cane on if it was your right foot? Well, I have a, a congenital issue with my ankles, so I know that answer, but I'm going to say no for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, so you would... I never knew. I was using it wrong. Yeah. So, you know, physical therapist helped me. Exactly. So you would always think that if it was your right foot, you'd want to use the cane maybe on your right side, but that's incorrect. You want to unload the joints, so you would use the cane in the left hand if it was your left side that was hurt. So I thought that's a very interesting point that we have to keep in mind. So getting back to the rice, um, ice is the second part. And there's actually been a lot of controversy regarding using ice to, if that slows down the healing. However, I still recommend really using ice to get rid of that pain and that swelling to calm down your symptoms. Um, then we also have the compression and the elevation. So compression, uh, if it's an ankle, an injury, you want to just wrap it with an ACE wrap or something just to kind of keep that swelling from going out of there and give a little bit more support to the joint. Uh, and then also you have your elevation. So just to raise it up, you know, we usually try to recommend above the heart when you're resting just to help get that blood flow out of there so it's not sitting in the joint. Okay. I'm a, a huge believer in ice. Um, and if, again, I, like I said, I have a chronic injury, so I speak to a lot of physical therapists and physicians. A little, a little thing on ice they explained to me, which was interesting, people don't know, is 20 minutes on, 20 yep. minutes off, because I would put the ice on and leave it there. 
until I couldn't really feel my foot anymore. <laughs> and they were like, oh, that's terrible. So I didn't really know that. So for people with icing, mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes. Is that really? Yeah, definitely no more than 20 minutes. I usually say 15 because, you know, by the time you're watching the clock or you get caught up, then it ends up being a little bit longer. So I usually say 15 stays on a little longer to 20. That's fine. But if you leave it on longer, it actually starts to do the opposite effect because your body kind of starts to view it as more of you know, um, hyperthermia, yeah, like a hypothermia. So then it starts to bring more blood flow to the area, which defeats the purpose of icing in the first place. Yeah, because I'm a big icer. Actually, I was at Kessler Mm -hmm. uh, for physical therapy not too long ago, and they had this amazing boot that was ice, and they filled it with air. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was compression and ice, and I actually had to go get it online. Yeah. Uh, And I love it. So, But (laughs) like I said, just for anyone out there, ice is 20 minutes on, 15 minutes on. 15 minutes off and then repeat it as need be. Um, real quick, what about heat? People always ask me on these shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say, no, do heat instead of ice. What's the difference and what is better in your belief? Right. So it depends on the stage of the injury. If it's a fresh injury, it just happened, a lot of swelling, do not put heat on the area because you already have a lot of that blood flow coming into the area. I usually like to use heat if it's a chronic injury that's greater than three months or you have just a lot of tightness and because that point is to bring blood flow to the area get you a little bit looser a little you know relieve that stiffness okay um staying within the injury uh questions acl we hear people all the time we see them on crutches um was oh what happened to you oh i I tore my acl um what is that explain to everyone what is the acl and why why are so many people having that problem right right so yeah with i mean so the acl so stands for anterior cruciate ligament and it is the most frequently injured ligament in the knee and it's been happening a lot more frequently definitely all over the news um tends to happen more not the athletic population during different cutting movement events but not always where you get hit you know it's a lot of individualized movements um, so the, really the ones who are at risk tend to be more girls, females than males. And there's a lot of different theories why, whether it's hormonal or structural, just how we're grown. Um, but I do feel that as the female body starts to develop, especially at these younger age, their hip structure changes. You know, it's hormones and everything. And the muscles begin to grow and change as well. And I think that we're not really taught how to function. Those muscles aren't really taught how to function in this new alignment and new group. Gotcha. Yeah, so it really sets them up for injury because if you're not training the muscles now that they've changed positions, changed angles, so now they're not able to function as they normally would, creating a greater injury risk. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is the most common injured joint? Um, for me, my whole life uh, is around my ankles, but I don't think that that <laughs> is the case. Is there a joint that people injury, in, excuse me, injure the most? Yeah, and I can tell you just based off the numbers that we see in the clinics, back pain tends to be the highest. We get a lot of backs first. Uh, then we have the shoulder and the knee are the top three that come into our clinics. And that's more so because of the type of joint or just it's just the weight bearing or the exercises and... Um people are doing probably more the use you know not everyone's lifting properly you know the type of jobs that we do sitting for long periods of time or you know working these ever heavy labor jobs tend to be the back first because we're in those sustained positions for a long time now as a specialist in what you do um uh, i'll call you dr beth this morning <laughs> um what can people do to prevent some sports injuries what what can they do i don't want to touch on concussion yet that's something we're right, going right, to go right. to right after this but your basic um your field sports um even people working around the house are our, our listening audiences uh, um um like myself a little bit older now mm-hmm. um so i wanted to what injuries do they sustain and how can we prevent them 
Um, I'll ask that question first. Right. So just kind of the ones working around the house, same thing gets to be those back pulls and strains. Uh, we see a lot of shoulders trying to use different things like that. Um, the big thing that you really want to try to do to prevent a lot of these injuries is to not only be, we call it, avoid the weekend warrior syndrome. Not just work out on these two days where you do a lot of heavy lifting or do stuff around your house or that's your time to do your you know, workout. Yeah. Um, that's where you really start to see these injuries. So we really recommend based on um, you know, Department of Health is getting 30 minutes of exercise, moderate exercise a day. And I know we all think with our busy lives and everything, it's hard just to go to the gym for 30 minutes, but it doesn't have to be a formal workout. You can break it up in 10 minutes. You know, 10 minute, uh, 10 minutes of walking your dog could count. You know, going up and down the stairs instead of taking the elevator or parking far away, you know, to go into a store and, and back. Those all can count towards your 30 minutes. And those are things that we would do every day. So that's a good thing to kind of start getting into. And then another big topic that would really help is doing dynamic warm-ups before you do some of these things. So a proper warm-up, not just where you sit and stretch for 30 seconds. You know, it's actually shown in research that if you stretch cold muscles, it actually increases your risk for getting an injury. So, yeah, so it's important just to even do some walking like marches, knee kicks. You know, it doesn't have to be a run or a jog, just a little walk and just kind of marching while you walk, kick your legs out, go up on your toes a little bit and do that for three to five minutes. And then if you want to do a little bit of stretching, that's fine as long as those muscles are nice and warm. And I think a big key um, that we need to remember is that you have to listen to your body. Now that you are getting older or that things are going on, you just aren't as flexible as you once were, and you still want to be able to do those activities that you used to be able to do. And you just might not be able to tolerate that. And although, you know, no one's happy about really getting older, but you can prevent a lot of injury by just modifying your activities a little bit and really listening to what you're doing. <clears throat> That's great advice. Um, when you were speaking, you triggered something. I go to the gym a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big gym guy. I like to go and exercise. And you're right. As you get older, I'm noticing I go to the gym and then I'm so sore afterwards. But um, I've had trainers on and off throughout the years. What is your recommendation for people who go to the gym? Now, 30 minutes, you're saying 30 minutes. For me, I go to the gym for an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half. Um, what is the warm-up procedure for someone who lifts Um, because a lot of times the trainers say do a little bit of the aerobics first, get your body going, do your weightlifting, and this is for the elderly also. And then between each set, stretch those muscles, if they said that's what they tell you. Stretch them, elongate them. Would you recommend that? Right. I, I would definitely recommend that. And how I kind of view it is when you're trying to, you know, definitely do the aerobic to warm up. You need at least five minutes just to get your arms loose. Even if you're working your, out your arms, you know, get either on the treadmill so you can walk, not just the sitting bike because your arms aren't quite aren't warming up, but although it still is bringing blood flow to the area, but definitely a little warm up. And then, you know, they say to stretch, I would just definitely kind of move through the motion. Just make sure you are elongating because once you do that, they tend to tighten up. So it is important to get through what we call that full range of motion. Try to lengthen through there. And again, um, I'm relating it personally. What is your thought um, with your expertise on running? Um, I have, like I said, some ankle issues over the years, and uh, a lot of the doctors would say to me, you don't have the body to run. I'm a very, you know, big, beefy, muscular Mm kind of guy. Um, 
And uh, so even now, I can't run. I mean, I can, but then I suffer for it and I have to get the ice out. I have to rice after. <laughs> so um, what type, what would you suggest for people who run? You know, you're running, your ankle takes the joint. They're telling me it takes 10 times the weight of your body on these small joints. So I do um, non-weight-bearing or, or what's the word I'm trying to think of? The elliptical. That's mm-hmm. not as intense. Right. Um, what's your feeling on running and, and how? when should you stop that pounding? And especially these runners who are out there on the streets. Um, what's your recommendation? Especially, we see a lot of back injuries right. in the elderly. Um, and I'm talking elderly is like, you know, 45 and up <laughs> from running and running right. and running. It's a lot on the joint. People don't realize your your spine is really a joint. Exactly. No, I mean, the most important thing is that you have to listen to your body. It doesn't mean just because you hit a certain age that you shouldn't run anymore. It's really listening to how you're feeling. When you start feeling that pain when you're getting a lot of that compact when you're running, then you really should start to kind of modify your activities more to the elliptical, swimming, cycling. Um, another really interesting fact that I saw is that um, if you're an overweight athlete, even just by a little bit, it significantly increases the risk of injury just by running more than 1.9 miles in a week. And that's a whole week, you know, 1.9 miles. So it's really a lot of weight coming through that joint. So it is important, you know, weight loss can affect and make things a little bit easier for you as far as, but then that's kind of that double-edged sword. You want to work out to be able to take some of the weight off, but the running is causing pounding. Yourself. Exactly. Okay. We're going to touch base on that in a, a second. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with Dr. Beth Troutman Arcentales. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear the stories of people whose lives have been disrupted by back pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have six offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. You're on the on the air with Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist and my special guest, Dr. Beth Troutman Arcentales from Kessler Rehab, who is a specialist in orthopedic and sports medicine. To speak to Beth live today, the call in number is 973 973- Two six seven nine six eight seven, and we're covering um, as quickly as we can in our half-hour show all about sports injuries, what to prevent, and we've really got a lot of information in the first segment. Um, we're going to finish off on a topic that we left before the break a little bit on discussing about um, obesity and, and people who are overweight that are trying to lose weight. Um, Dr. Betts was explaining to us about running and sometimes being overweight, you injure yourself more. So what is the best best way for someone who is trying to lose weight, who is overweight, to start getting into an exercise program without without injury? Right. So it's kind of like you're saying to recap a little bit. Um, studies are showing that weight loss really can reduce the stress on these weight-bearing joints and really significant significantly reduce pain and increase your function, especially with walking, because that tends to be one of the issues when you do have a lot of pain coming through. So there's other lifestyle modifications that can also help. So, you know, like you were saying, switching from running or jumping exercises to these swimming and cycling uh, programs or different exercise routines, and also minimizing activities throughout your daily routine, like trying to 
avoid conditions that aggravate your symptoms. Like sometimes stairs are very difficult to go up and down when you have those pains. Um, so therapy can really help these conditions also by strengthening some of your hips. And the keys areas to focus on if you're trying to avoid a lot of this is strengthening the hips, the knees. It can really help control that pain. Okay. And what what some quick exercises they can do to strengthen your hips and your knees? Yep. So um, some standing ones that are very simple, just standing, kicking your leg out to the side, making sure you're staying nice and straight to hit those outside of your hips. Also standing, kicking your leg back. Um, if you're more of a gym goer, the leg press is a good one. Standing, any type of hip strengthening is really important okay. to strengthen those. Um, if anyone has questions for you directly, they can call you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, let me give them that number there. It's uh, You can reach Beth at Kessler at 201-368-6087. Again, that's 201 201- Three six eight six zero eight seven, and she also is allowing everyone. You can email her directly at e troutman at kessler hyphen rehab dot com. Again, that's e troutman at kessler uh, dash rehab dot com. Um, so, if you have any questions, you can ask her directly, um, and um, she'll answer those questions. Let's touch um, a little bit on concussion because uh, football season is is mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, my son plays football, and we had some good concussion shows last year. Our group deals with a lot of concussions. We're one of the bigger, uh, really the bigger, biggest uh, neurosurgical concussion group in the state. Um, and there's always press on concussions, and it's very, very scary to me now with these head injuries that they're finding so much damage is being done um, to the point where it's actually taken the excitement out of me knowing my son is going to be out there. Um, can you give our audience a little bit of information on concussions? Of course. Yeah, I'm going to hit you with a couple uh, stats, Tom. So the American Orthopedic Society of Sports Medicine uh, just did some studies in showing that injuries associated with the participation in sports and recreational activities accounts for 21% of all traumatic brain injuries among children in the United States. And although rare, um, these traumatic brain injuries are the leading cause of sports-related death. So um, more than 90% of these sports-related concussions occur without the loss of consciousness. So, you know, it's pretty common. Right. So that doesn't mean just because you go unconscious that you're getting a mild traumatic brain injury, which is the scary part. Right, definitely. it tends to happen a lot. We um, see that we see that in the group a lot. We uh, do a lot of the um, concussion uh, testing now mm-hmm. at yeah. our group, and oh, uh, we're recommending everyone get that done with your child, very or your grandchildren. It's very exactly. Important. Yeah, one thing I th- I thought was really interesting is that um, concussions are highly regulated in high school, college, but you know a lot of teams are recreational now and they're not monitored at all. So it te- you tend to see that frequently in a lot of these recreational things. So we really need to kind of get that awareness out of these concussion screenings and and those type of screenings. And there is something that's interesting. You know, you guys are doing the screenings, but after concussion. There's a lot of physical therapy programs, like we have a concussion program to kind of rehab and get you back into your sport because it puts a big toll on you. And now with TVs and phones and everything going on, I mean, all those type of things really should be limited after sustaining a concussion. Right. I've seen those young kids coming in the office where they're, you know, they're told not to read. They're told not to really somewhat, it's debatable, they call it cocooning. Some people believe in it, some people don't. Right. But really, they have to rest that brain, and people don't understand. And, mm-hmm. and another uh, thing that I've been taught just through the show and talking to the physicians is that people have to realize it's not just the guys on the football field. A lot of the girls now with soccer mm-hmm. doing the headbutts and stuff, they're, mm-hmm. they're coming out that girls are getting a lot of concussions, yeah. too. Yeah. 
Um, and it's something we really have to educate ourselves on um, because you can hit your head hard. And like you said, you don't might not look like anything's wrong, but you had uh, have had a concussion. So what do you do there at Kessler with the concussion patients? Do you do specific yep. things? Yep, yep. We do specific things. We have a specific protocol that we follow. We've been having really good success with it. And it's just a gradual buildup of exercise. We kind of bring you into your symptoms. And then that kind of allows us to either progress or know to back off and then we kind of gradually re build the return okay and what what would you say for people listening uh someone gets a head injury or a head a hit what what should they look for right um, initially yep so definitely look at the pupils any dilation um and it, see if they, they're oriented the person place time um orientation and how they feel any nausea or any sickness they how they feel right um, a quick question while we're on concussions and our kids. What is your belief um, playing your kids on several different teams and all these different sports at one time? Um, we see in our own town uh, parents literally running from the lacrosse field to the football <laughs> field to the baseball field to the gymnastics field. Um, and sometimes you can see these kids are so exhausted and you're wondering, do they really want to do this or is it their parents? So what's your belief on that? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because it's true. You can see these kids are just not into it sometimes, and it's sad to see. But um, overall, and just kind of more on the parent side, <clears throat> according to the CDC, more than half of all sports injuries in children are preventable. And I think it's kind of goes along this fact of overuse. You know, these kids are being worked so hard that um, these injuries are just from overuse, doing too many things at one time. And another fact that I thought was really interesting is that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children take at least one day off from organized physical activity each week and at least two to three months off of a particular sport each year to avoid kind of this overtraining and burnout. Because now with like soccer and basketball, I mean, they can play these sports all year round. And it's important to really get that two, three months off, maybe do a different sport so you're building other muscles or taking the stress off. Okay. And, and what, what is your belief with adults about exercising? Um, I tend to try to work out every day, and it's probably not the right thing to do. I have the uh, mentality of more is better, and that's why I'm always getting hurt. Mm -hmm. um, should we rest our bodies um, one day? Is it okay to sit and do nothing on that one day? And uh, do you believe that? Or should we do something every day? I, I believe that you probably should do something. It's just it should be varied. Okay. So, you know, if you want to take an off day, maybe that's your walk day. You know, you just go for a walk. But you shouldn't be doing If you're lifting, you're going to the gym. You know, I mean, I'm sure you don't lift your muscles the same every day. Switch you're on switching it. on, switching off, and doing everything. But the key factor is cross-training, is really varying your activities. So you're not just in the gym pumping iron. You're going out and walking, or you're going for a bike ride, you know, changing up so the muscles are working differently and not being overused in that same pattern. Okay, here's a strong question for you. If you have to pick one exercise in your own belief that's the best for you, um, what would it be? Um, it depends on your age. So, you know, you can't really say that it's one versus another. I would say just to cover the gamut, it would be walking. However, the most only because you're getting a little bit of compression, kind of getting that bone health. If you're cycling, you're not getting the compression through the joints, which helps with osteoporosis. Um, however, it is would be best if you did walking and add a little bit of high intensity. So maybe a faster walk and then back to your calm walk and then a little faster walk because you need that interval change and that kind of change in pace to get, you know, a little bit more of that health out of it. Okay. And swimming, uh, we see a lot of, uh, in our elderly population, they do a lot of aqua, aqua stuff. Um, and I actually, you know, 
open the pool, so I swim a lot. <laughs> How about swimming? Is it- I, I love swimming. I think it's a great, great sport and great activity um, for anyone of any age group, especially if you have some injuries. I think that's probably the most important thing is getting swimming out because it will challenge you cardiovascularly, but also not have a lot of stress going through the joints. Okay. Um, Dr. Beth, before we uh, go, we, uh, our show is coming to an end. Um, I always ask my guests, what's a takeaway message for today for our listeners um, with your specialty? Yeah, I think um, big takeaway is just to make sure you're staying smart, listen to your body, get out there. Um, just know that us as physical therapists, we are direct access, so you can come and schedule an appointment with us. Don't feel like you have to go to your doctor first. We'll make the recommendation to go to your doctor if we think it's necessary. Um, so just be out there, be smart, and know your body. Keep healthy. And that's <laughs> something real interesting you said, as uh, I learned, too, on a couple of shows ago, is that physical therapy, you don't need a referral from your doctor. It is direct access. So you can call Beth if you're having an issue, and she would uh, go and evaluate you to see if she can help you. And they do include your doctor if need be. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Beth troutman Arsentales from Kessler Rehab. I'm Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We are the largest subspecialized um, neurosurgery group in the state. Please visit our website for some upcoming um, exciting new changes at the group. We just opened our spine center. Um, Our brain tumor center is coming up, and uh, we'll be uh, opening that also, as well as our skull-based surgery center. So please uh, give us a call at 973-285-7800 or visit us on the web at ansdocs.com. Have a wonderful Sunday, and I will talk to you next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.